0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And man, big week for comics this week. Lots Ooh, of comics to talk about. Very exciting stuff. Beginnings, endings, middles. Middles. Yeah, everyone's nice favorite part.
1: Alex isn't chilling anymore. It's just the right amount of DC books. It's not too many, you know. it's just What are sweet you talking story. about? When you got that package from DC, the next time we did The Stack, it was like... Twenty-seven DC books
0: and a couple other ones. Nah, you, you're right, man. I guess I was kind of shilling for DC. I wasn't the tank for him. Not, not this time. All right. So let's get into the stack. Starting it off with the title from DC Comics, Shazam number fourteen, <laughs> written by Jeff Johns, art by Scott Collins and Dale Eaglesham. This is the last issue of Shazam, a part of Jeff Johns's run. Uh, it has. Been an interesting run, I think. Uh, Gone in some surprising and different directions. But here we're getting the wrap-up of everything that's gone on with Billy Batson and the the Magic Lands. We get, as you can tell from the cover, the reintroduction of Superboy Prime into the universe as teased in the last issue. Uh, So a lot of things going on here. What would you think about the issue? But also, what did you think about this run in total?
3: Um, I, I mean it. I I know a lot of people have a lot of love for Superboy Prime as this great big villain and everything. I just haven't ever really connected to. Uh, he felt a little out of place here for me. Uh, right? Like it felt like this book seemed so focused on the Marvel family and their exploration of this uh, these, these new worlds they're encountering. And very Jeff Johnsy of, uh, uh, like, adding the Spectrum to the Green Lantern rings. This felt very much like his take on Shazam in that way. So to add Superboy Prime felt like, oh, wait, what is this? What does that mean for Shazam?
0: Yeah, I agree. I really like this book a lot. Uh, I think Jeff Johns is right at his wheelhouse, writing Shazam, Um, like you said, fleshing out the mythology here. Dale Eaglesham is phenomenal. Um, I've talked about this with previous issues. I love Scott Collins, and I think Scott Collins works so well with Jeff Johns. I love Dale Eaglesham. It's a bit of a bummer that they had to tag team back and forth to fill out the issue because it doesn't quite work together. They're, they're two great tastes that uh, conflict, I think. Yeah, I, I
3: think you're right. Very chocolate. Uh, chocolate. And, there's chocolate
0: in the peanut butter. Exactly. Uh, this is like chocolate and, I don't know, pizza? Mm. Ooh, chocolate pizza. That'd be good. Well,
1: it's, it's funny you bring pizza up because there's like a moment at the end where they all have pizza together. Very family moment, and everybody loves pizzas. so it's funny that you said that. Uh, but yeah, I, it did felt like a little bit of like what the worm... Villain with the little radio around his neck was Mister Mind. Enough. Yeah, wasn't enough. You know, he had to kind of Superboy prime it a little bit. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It felt a little kind of like add on at the end, but um, I kind of I liked where it was, and I felt like ah, it's a nice little bonus. It doesn't make me kind of like hate it or whatever. But it was just kind of like you know thrown in there, like hey. The the Here's main feeling
0: something. that I got is that I felt like, and maybe I'm totally off base about this, but it felt like it was this overarching... 100-issue plan that Jeff Johns had for Shazam that most of it just got shoved to the last issue, you know, that he yeah. had to wrap it up for whatever reason. But they go through all these things where they're like, now there's all these problems in the different Magic Lands, and then they wrap them mostly up in narration in one page, which, granted, is a device, and it might be a purposeful device, but it's this bummer to read it because it feels like, oh, I, I want to I see those adventures, or yeah. I wish he had been able to pass that on to a new writer and be like, here's my outline for the series. You pick it up right now. This happens in the game lands. This happens in the Wiz under lands, This happens in these other lands. Um, because those are all fun things to see leading up to uh, spoiler. What the thing is at the end is this tease of the redemption of black Adam, which is something that Jeff Johns has really been writing about his entire career at DC. So maybe he'll revisit it at some point. Maybe he'll come back. Um, Mostly, this issue, which I thought was fine, uh, w- felt like a tease of better things that could have happened.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, Pete.
1: Yeah, I just I feel like uh, I understand what you're saying, but it was still a, a good story and a fun story, mm-hmm. and kind of ended in that Shazam kind of family way at the end, which I appreciated.
0: All the stuff is good here. I think there could have been. More of it, though. Moving on to another ending, Empire number six from Marvel's story by Al Ewing and Dan Slot. script by Al Ewing, art by Valerio Schietti. Uh Somebody corrected me online. I was saying uh, the last name wrong. So there you go. Mm. But this is wrapping up the storyline of the oh. Kree and Skrull teaming up to stop the Kotati, plant people that invaded the Earth. We've been a little back and forth of this crossover, I think. How do you feel it wrapped up?
3: I mean, I sort of feel the way we talked about it last time. I was like, it felt like there was so much more was going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's the promise of the word Empire doesn't quite feel fulfilled by this crossover. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, when the end page came, I was like, oh,
0: man, I thought there's going to be so much more stuff. There's still some good moments in it, like we talked about with every issue previously – the action is fun. There's a great moment with the thing and she Hulk. There's great moments of the sun with everybody te- teaming up. You get Reed Richards in some Iron Man style armor, which is just this a is silly, cool. fun idea. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted more out of it. I wanted more. I, I feel like if anything, the Kotati as villains got lost in everything else that was going on um, when I wanted to see more of what was going on with them.
1: Yeah, the uh, Black Panther stuff was great and also really hard to read right now. It, I agree, really with you. was. Yeah, uh, which is tough. I don't
0: have much yeah. to add to that, but yes, I felt the same. Uh, But, yeah, still very cool. Uh, Let's move on, then, to something else that I'm curious to hear if you guys liked as much as I did. Spy Island, number one, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Chelsea Kane, art by Leah Mertinek. Uh, This is, obviously, a new book from Dark Horse. It takes place on an island in the Bermuda Triangle and focuses on one spy who uh, essentially investigates weird, strange mysteries. What would you guys think about this one?
1: Uh, If I may, Justin, jump in here. uh, Please! First off... The the design, the cover, like the way this comic like starts kind of slowly and builds and then reveals. I really love this. This did a great job of like, sucking us into this world or pulling into a, a po- cheesesteak,
0: sucking us into a cheesesteak.
1: No, pulling us down into this comic book. Mm. Uh, I really loved it. I also thought the narrator was the dude swimming and what a fun reveal that it's not. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I really, uh, that really got me in such a fun way. Uh, I, and they never let me go. I think they, the coloring and the storytelling is really fun. I was really impressed with the design of this book, the the panels. The, I I just think this was a fun read.
3: I totally agree. This was super fun. Um, I love the uh, to Pete's point the colors, the art, the inclusion of real world uh, pictures. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, the reveal when you think you're swimming and it turns out you're drowning, I hope to... That's a bu- bummer reveal <laughs> in real life. Um, but it,
1: it gives me hope that, you know, it takes longer to drown in the ocean. So, like, maybe I should mm-hmm. go in the ocean, you know?
3: And uh, Pete, you must have liked when they got to the sex scene rather than see it. They just had the so word that, sex.
1: That was so That was so great. Just like giant, just, just says, sex. Uh, That's hysterical. What
0: I really liked about this book is, like you guys are touching on, it always seems to be one thing, or at least the impression is that it's one thing, that it's like... Oh, this is a James Bond tale, but it's a female spy instead of a male spy. That's not what it is at all. <laughs> like, no. not at all. It almost feels like this blend between a book that Matt Fraction would write and a book that, like, Matt Kent would write or something Ooh, like that. that's a
3: very good call. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it, with all of the fun and weirdness that that implies, the last page is... Fantastic! I don't even want to spoil what it is, but it's just such a great image when you flip the page. Uh, this is great. This is one of my favorite and books also, of the movie.
1: Very funny. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you, Zelda, but I also add it has a little bit of like the darkness that Ice Cream Man has where it's like you don't know what's happening. Like it, it really mm-hmm. kind of takes you in different directions. So, yeah.
0: Really good book. Definitely check that one on. Let's move to another number one. Curious to hear what you guys thought about this one. Inkblot number one from Image Comics, created by Emma Kubert and Rusty Glad. I'm going to throw out a guess here. While I was reading this book, Pete, you love the cat, right? Oh, yeah. Love the cat. Don't elaborate. I don't want to know anymore. (laughs) Don't say anything
1: else on our audio podcast. What (laughs) do you
0: think (laughs) about the book?
1: No, I thought this was really creative, very fun. Uh, the cat was absolutely glorious. Um, yeah, I thought it was like just the the whole way the they kind of move between panels and stuff, and the way the cat could kind of like rip in between books and work. I I, I, I and then the just kind of like pull back, reveal stuff. I thought this was a solid first issue. Uh, good art and just kind of like got got me at least excited for more.
3: Uh, I thought it was, I liked this too. Um, I thought it was fun that it started the super zoomed out uh, into this fantastical world and then dropped us in a seemingly very quiet, boring place. Um, the library, uh, just like on a quiet night and all of a sudden magic cat. Yeah. Uh, it felt very Sandman esque. Um, especially I was reminded of the issue. I think Alex, you were sort of reading through Sandman, right? Uh, I, am.
0: Right. I just finished The Kindly Ones last night, actually. Wow. Uh, this
3: is a little bit further on, but it reminded me a little bit of the Ramadan issue, issue 50, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kindly Ones or... is the
0: second to last volume. So I'm almost done. I got one more volume of Sandman to go. Oh, right. But, the
3: Kindly Ones is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, but
0: that's, uh, that's an interesting comparison because I think the beginning of this issue put me off a little bit because it was so wordy. I liked it <laughs> when it. No, honestly. There's uh, I feel like particularly with the first issue, it's tough when you open up that first page and it feels like a block of text. Um, but I think the way that you're describing it, that makes sense, that it is this very like myth making a big world storytelling person to sleep in a library. And yeah. once I hit that point halfway through the issue, I was way more into it and I wanted more of that. Uh, but it ended pretty quickly after that. So I'm excited to check out the second issue of this now that we have gotten past the setup. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and the cat time. is great. There we go. We finally agree. Next one up, DC's Dead Planet number 3 from DC Comics written by Tom Taylor. Art by Trevor Hersine. Uh We've been loving this book. This is so dark. This is... Uh, the DC heroes finally coming back to Earth years later. This issue, we get a bunch of the Shadow Pack style heroes invading a fortress uh, that, as it turns out, is run by the rich assholes in the DC universe. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, back with our heroes, they are making an offensive uh, to try to figure out what the cure is for the anti life virus. Uh, another great issue of this book, I think.
3: I love this yeah. book, too. It's especially nice, I feel like, this in a book we're going to talk about a little bit later on Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Um, like, I love the, these two new takes on sort of the zombification of these big flagship uh, universes. They're so fun. They're smart. And they, they get into it. And it just it feels like Tom Taylor has such a great grasp of these characters and can tell, like, little micro stories within this book of each one of them. It's great.
1: Yeah, I was really, uh, having a blast. I mean, it opens up with Satana, uh fucking shit up, love that. Uh, the Swamp Thing moment was just so badass and so much fun. And, uh, you know, the, you know, spoilers, but the, it was real sweet with the Batman Jim Gordon hug, you know? I mean, I, I, I could use that right about now. Is Damian Wayne your Batman? Uh, no. But, um... Okay. The John Constantine bits was also really fun. Uh great I feel like the art was great and the character voices is really fantastic. I very much enjoyed this. One of the things
0: that I really love about Tom Taylor's writing is that in the midst of all this darkness, he still finds moments of humanity, particularly when it comes to romance between the characters. That's something we talked about with the last issue and uh, played through his run on Injustice, as well as over in this DC stuff is uh, the romance between Black Canary and Green Arrow is so strong there. And he Here, he starts to play on the same idea with the new Superman uh, and Mary Marvel, uh, which is also there's just like a little moment of it. But that in the middle, it just makes your heart go pitter pat in the middle of people getting their heads popped off and ripped to pieces. And it's so nice Mm -hmm. that he can give those little touches at the same time. Agree. Next up, Bitter Root number 10 from Image Comics, created by David F. Walker, Chuck Brown and Sanford Green. This is a over-the-top, insane, battle in multiple places issue against gigantic demons. Pete, you had to have loved this one.
1: Oh, man, this is glorious. I mean, you can see why they're, you know, getting awards and getting recognized for amazing work. Uh, Not only is it just kind of like uh, amazing art and storytelling, there's some great heritage, a lot of history stuff in here wrapped up in this, and this is just badass fun, you know i uh the I, the panels, the fights it's just really great there's a lot of sweet stuff also with all this kind of craziness going on uh, a lot of violence. I had a great time uh, I love
3: how this book it builds so well to a splash page, like there yeah. are there are a bunch of them in here at different points and just really iconic splash pages, and it's, built, it's the panels are sort of all crowding in on each other throughout, and then it builds to just like a big reveal. Super great, and there's just so much in the midst of a lot of like plot and story being just laid out. There's just such a core of emotion just like fl- washing over everything, and it's just uh, that's hard to do in comics, I feel like, to be grinding on the plot, uh, big action, while also having emotion sort of there at present as
0: well. So it's really great.
1: Also, yeah. the back oh, ahead, the yeah. ba- the back matter is just glorious. As back well. matter is
0: really good. This is just a great product across the board. Really good yeah. comic. Uh, let's move on to another one: Black Widow number one from Marvel, written by Kelly Thompson and art by Elena Casagrande. I got to admit, reading another Black Widow number one, which I feel yeah. like we get once a year, it's I crazy. definitely. Despite the fact that I love Kelly Thompson's writing, I definitely was sitting there arms crossed, like, prove it to me. What do yeah. you got? What's Another about- number Here one for Black go. Widow. Yeah. But this
3: is great. It <laughs> is great. The art is great in this. And it's just a nice uh marriage of these two creators. Like it's just really good. But I felt the same way. I was like, how many more times can we start her out? And she's like All right, another mission. Do I get to kill on this one? What's my past? Like,
1: it's just. It's funny that you had that because I was like, uh, it just seems such a thing of like, all right, Black Widow number one, let's see their take on it. Okay, Black Widow number one, let's see what they do with it. That I've stopped judging it. I'm more like interested to see.
0: Well, what uh, Justin was saying, most of the time, and I I don't know if it originally goes back to this, but I feel like, uh, oh, my gosh, why am I but Mark Wade and um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris Semney?
0: Chris Semney, thank you. I don't know why I was blanking on both names. But their run just, like, set this yeah. thing where it's, like, Black Widow in big action, big danger, like you're saying, exploring her past. And this starts as this, and then halfway through the issue, completely swerves. And goes off in a different direction that is so smart, but so true to Black Widow, it makes it exciting and fun to watch again. So I love and appreciate the fact that Kelly Thompson figured out a way of kind of tweaking and playing and commenting on this formula in a new way that just feels real good. Also – oh, go ahead.
3: I was going to say that Black Widow, Winter Soldier, failed romance uh, from the way that they ended that in continuity still really gets me. So – I hope we can move toward that.
0: And I also love—oh, sorry, go ahead, Pete. You were trying to talk. No, 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 go ahead. I'll, All I'll I was going to say that. was uh, Hawkeye shows up at the issue, and I love that part of his costume now is that he has a bandage on his nose. Like, that's yeah. just—his yeah. costume is whatever he's wearing and a
1: bandage on his nose it's ever constantly since. Constantly
3: broken nose because people yep. keep punching him for being dumb.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's what Nat will look like once I see him. Anyways, so I think that
0: there is like... <laughs> to be clear, this is Nat, a guest who has come to our show many times would be very helpful, not Nat as in Black Widow in the book.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that there is like this small moment that happens in the book that becomes like a bigger thing because of the amazing writing and art where there's like an arrow shot next to her and you would think, okay, great, perfect. But then there's, she's like... Guess Clint's still a little pissed at me. And I'm like, oh, that is so cool. You know, and I I thought it was such a small moment, but such a huge thing. Great book. Glad we all agree on that one, and
0: I'm sure we'll all agree on this next one as well. Sex Criminals, Sexual Gary, number one, from Image Comics by What are we doing? Matt what Fractured. are we doing? Stop it, Pete. Just stop it. What? Art by Rachel Stott. Uh, this is, of course, a spinoff of Sex Criminals. It's the first issue, I think, that was not drawn by Chip Zdarsky, though Matt Fractured and Chip Zdarsky do show up in cabios at a certain point of the book. Um, this is... Like if you thought sex criminals was raunchy and in your face, this doubles that at least, if not triples it. It is wild and over the top, frequently hilarious, frequently like too, too just too much. But yeah, I, just a, I thought it was great.
3: Um, I I I agree. I the. Because often I feel like sex criminals just didn't play, didn't have enough of the sex side. It like made this promise um, from the from the first few arcs, and then it sort of got so heavy on like interrelationship uh, issues and dealing with shit that that this definitely fixes the balance uh, and really. It really makes it... Can
0: I I mention one scene that made me laugh out loud how stupid it was and how so purposely, like... Matt Fraction knows it's stupid and he put it in there. But to give you a sense of the book, there's this character, Gary, trying to figure out who he is and what his sexuality is like. I I like men, I like women, I like everybody. I'm not bi, I'm not straight, I'm not gay, I'm all of these things and none of these things, so what do I do? And he's sitting in a dark study at night and a dildo crashes through his window and he says, I shall become a porn. And it's just exactly the sort of stupid comic joke that Matt Fracture would write and it felt so perfect yeah. to that point. And it just gets... Bigger and wilder Grosser there And I also love that Over the course of the issue It starts just like Alright, we're gonna Kind of censor things A little bit But by the end of the issue It is like the Nothing is blocked Whatsoever
3: I love that the uh, the Word balloons are covering uh, Not the all of the penis But just like a <laughs> section Of the shaft In the, in the shots Pete uh, or, Sorry, sexual Pete What did you think of this book?
1: Alright, so first off Was Gary in Sex Criminals? Is this is this a spinoff from something, or it's just like, it hey, you know, it'll be fun. It's after Sex Criminal. <laughs> we just put this fucking Gary guy in there. It, it would be r-
3: crazy to, to write a spinoff book with a totally new character that okay. had nothing to do. Yes, he was in Sex Criminal. Okay, all right, great.
0: Yeah, and also, uh, I'm completely blanking on her name as well, but the character that he falls in love with is one of the main characters as Sex Criminals goes on as well. Uh, so it's definitely connected to that book, but it's also... If possible, more ridiculous than that book, I think.
1: Yeah. So just- it's definitely ridiculous and over the top. And, and I, you know, I, when, when I'm saying like, you know, this book isn't for me, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're kind of putting things like this out there where they're tackling things about, you know, sexuality and trying to figure out who you are and all that kind of stuff is super important. And, but this to me is just like, it's so over the top and so insane that I'm just like, all right, you know. Zelda just a quick question: When
0: you said that last part, did your girlfriend walk into the room and like mouth, be progressive, Pete? Come on,
1: just for like that <laughs> no. section.
3: Wow. Okay, uh, Pete. When what? you read this book, did it, what? Did you want the word "sex" to just cover every page? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that would've been great. That would've been great. Hey, when
3: you have sex, does the word "sex" the next morning? Do you just remember it back, and it's just the word "sex" covering your brain?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have. You know, the it fuzzes out like the old school. Love. Yeah, you you live blur. You yeah, when you yeah. look down at your
3: naked body, there's a blur over your penis, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to Strange Adventures number five from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Evan Docshaner and Mitch Gerrards. Uh, this issue is focusing back on uh, Adam Strange and Alana... Uh, strange, I guess. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, showing them again into time periods. We're getting the modern time period where she is effectively waging a PR war against the Justice League back in the past. They go through some real dark times in some Rockman's caves. Uh, what I thought was great about this issue is I assume we're about halfway through the series or close to halfway through, and we're starting to get a real blending in terms of the darkness of the past storyline and the darkness of the present storyline that's very interesting. It definitely muddies the waters in terms of what we're reading here and how we're perceiving things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, this is just amazing storytelling, amazing art. I love the Martian Manhunter stuff. Uh, the kind of stuck in a cave type of romance thing was fun, the lovely bird person marriage. Uh, You know, this is like, it's one of those things where I'm used to Tom King now where it's like, okay, I can't drive myself crazy with trying to figure this out ahead of the comic or try to even, I just got to like sit back and just enjoy it for what it is.
3: I mean, this book is just like, so so good. Like I feel like, and it's it's just maintains this just great level of storytelling. You mentioned Martian Manhunter. The way that Tom King writes Martian Manhunter like feels so real and specific. He's such a good does such a good job of really writing characters' voices. And I feel like this book is actually it's such a political book. Um, it feels very. Uh, it's about modern politics. Great. In a weird way, even though this, the the plot is just lightly political, but it feels like it's what people d- have done in their lives and how, no matter how they're acting now, all of the shit that you do in the past affects who you become, whether you're a bright, shiny superhero or whoever. And that, to me, this issue really crystallized that as what this book is about.
0: Well, and uh, there's also... Uh, we haven't necessarily gotten a twist here yet, but a lot of it is them waging this war against this alien race called the Pict. And I think we're probably going to find out that they're not as warmongering and evil as we expected them to be. So there's certainly a sense. That. Well, but there's I think there's a sense of like uniting against an outsider, but we don't know anything about the outsider. And uh, the reason I think we know that something is off there is last issue or maybe two issues ago. Uh, It was last issue. Mr. Terrific. Red was told, like, you can't read any of the epic stuff. Get out of here. We're going to kick you out. Uh, And he does it anyway. And he finds out some stuff. So uh, I do think there is a play on particularly the outsider nature of the United States right now that Tom King is talking about. He doesn't tweet about it a whole lot, but it's pretty clear what his political views are and I think this is oh, this book is as clear as he's going to get.
3: Yeah, and I and it's not it's he does a good job of telling a story that weaves that in without it being like fuck Trump or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, but uh, that's that's what's. Uh, that's what comics are for. Like, there's so much discussion yeah. of this, but like, that's what makes comics special, and that's what's always made them special is that level of metaphor that works. When you have things that are specifically, and I'm sure somebody will bring up like Superman punching Hitler or Captain America punching Hitler. But as we've progressed as a storytelling medium, being able to tell these stories that can say these things and suggest these things rather than outright saying them, often it's stronger because it's going to appeal to the people that think with the opposite viewpoints. That way they'll be able to read it and hopefully internalize these messages versus Somebody, if Adam Strange was like, we're going to fight the Trumpezoids from planet Trumpor," that's not going to work in the same way yeah. as what he is potentially doing right there. Yeah. Let's move on. As you mentioned earlier, talk about Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Number no. one from Marvel written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, one of our favorites here on the show. Art by Leonard Kirk. Uh, this is spinning off of the one shot that he talked about on our live show. So you can go search out that and listen to that. Uh, We talked about it quite a bit, uh, but this is a new take on the Marvel zombies. Very different tape. Feels very uh, video game inspired in a certain way to me because there's different levels of zombies. uh, And also there's a little bit of a touch of the last God Another book that he writes, uh, particularly this issue as we're building this mythology of um, getting into mild spoilers here, but like the Galactus Hive and different levels of zombies and a hierarchy there. It's really fascinating. Uh, But the main story is following a fallen Spider-Man along with his allies as he tries to protect Franklin and Valeria from the New World Order. Uh, I thought this was great.
3: Yeah, I agree. I really liked it uh Pete, what did you think about the cyclops face gun
1: yeah that was so cool i really love the like the only way to use cyclops is to just rip off his head and use his face as a gun i think it's a smart uh, and i hope that the people working on x-men right now jordan d white are taking a note and like (laughs) listening to the people that this is the leader that we need i don't want to hear anything from this guy just i want to use his lasers Um, really fun, uh, beast moment in this, uh, issue. Yeah. This is, this is, I, you know, when you read the title, you're like, all right. But like, I think this is a lot of fun and they really do. It doesn't feel as played out as the title is. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, they're really, uh, it's not, they're not working hard to come up with great stories. It just seems to be like really uh, kind of fun uh, having comic readers read this and the different twists and turns that it takes. It's now, it's, it's enjoyable.
3: There's one character I want to talk about. There's a um, – in the team, there's a uh, a British sort of caretaker named Nana. Yeah. But I feel like – I don't know. I feel like that character is, is Mrs. Doubtfiring here and is actually <laughs> is a sentinel.
0: Wow. Did you guys know? No, 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 no. It's, it's a British nanny. It's definitely a British nanny because that's no, how it's written. I-
3: I, but I don't know, like, I, I feel like, you know, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire and the first few times I was like, I don't get it. Like, why is this? And then I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. it's Wait, Robin you... Williams. Right. Oh and so in this case, I feel like it's you the same thing. You don't get it. I, yeah. I, this is I so- did it.
0: it the- it was an interesting detour, but the scene in the middle of the book where uh, Nana was trying to take care of the kids, but then at the same time, there was a sentinel that was trying to go on a date in the same restaurant. Uh, very yeah. confusing, but um, I think he might be onto something there. Just a thought. Just Now, a thought. the other thing that I wanted to mention that's interesting about this book, uh, I don't know if you guys read Thor number 6 from Dottie Cates. That was one that we didn't talk about on the stack. But it seems pretty clear, which I don't know how open Marvel has been about, that this is potentially a key piece of Marvel mythology going forward. This is a big spoiler for Thor 6, but the last double page spread, Thor, after he has killed Galactus in the book, taken his skull, brought it back to Asgard and made it to the new gate to Asgard. uh, Silver Surfer comes up to him, and I might be misremembering the exact phrase, but basically like, Thor, do you want to know what your end is? And Thor's like, sure, uh, and he finds out what his end is. It doesn't tell anybody. And then we get to see what it is. And the final page is Thanos holding Mjolnir with the Infinity Stones embedded in it, standing in front of an army of Marvel zombies. So there's clearly like a thing wow. that they are building towards. And though this feels like, hey, let's have some fun and reboot Marvel zombies. It feels to me, and this might be too much substitution, but there's something more going on here that is building to something bigger in the Marvel universe, which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I think it's it's all cool, interesting stuff.
1: I, cool uh, stuff, a, dude. It's kind of scary if we're building towards that. Yeah, we'll see
0: what happens. Could be. Good terrifying, luck sleeping Pete. tonight. Good luck sleeping. <laughs> <tonight>. <laughs> hey, Pete. Ah. Ah. Yeah. He jumped back. He didn't even make a sound. I appreciate that. Uh, Staying strong. Ascender number 12 from Image Comics by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Uh, Oh, my God. This issue takes so many turns in one short Uh issue. It's wild. Uh, A character we knew and love, a cyborg vampire, died in, I think, two issues ago now. Very sad. Uh, Some twist happens with her, and then there's another twist with a beloved descender character by the end. So many things happen here. It's wild.
3: It is wild, but good. Like, heartfelt. I loved it.
1: Yeah, this is just so great. So much fun. Uh, The watercolor art is just so beautiful. I'm just so happy uh, with this book. And the previous Descender, this has been such an fun adventure.
0: It's uh, what was wild to me about this issue. And I think the last issue is so much of Descender and uh, pretty much all of Descender, Ascender has been so nihilistic is probably too strong, but it's been so uh, our heroes keep losing. Like they're losing, they're running, they're losing, they're losing. And last issue with uh, driller coming back. And then this issue with the twists that happen it's just like, Oh, they're winning. Huh? <laughs> Wait, yeah. good things are happening. What's going on. What am I reading right now? Yeah, it's a little unsettling, but it's good stuff. Uh, let's move on to another issue where some good stuff happens to our heroes. Batman number 98 from DC comics, written by James town in the fourth art by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, this, uh, finds Batman still tripping balls In Poison Ivy's Garden, Harley Quinn is trying to protect him. She's fighting Punchline. Uh, We get some great stuff in here with Batman and a line that made me laugh out loud. Pete, you're bursting at the seams. Go for
1: it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, first off, like, uh, love the cover. Like, uh, Harley saying, Punchline, I'm going to change your name to Knockout. Like, this is great. We get the rematch of Harley Quinn and Punchline here. And I, I really think it's done well. There's enough, like, banter back and forth that, like... I want these two characters to talk. I really want to, like, know how they feel about each other. And I think it just... It's handled in such a great way here. Uh, the Riddler jumping scarecrow over the chessboard was such an amazing, fun part. Um, I, I mean... Like the I don't know maybe one of the best on Batman splash pages ever I don't know like just really they're having a lot of fun with this book it's insane and finally we're getting the touching like Alfred stuff like oh it's just uh, I I needed this kind of like closure with Alfred and like uh, it it was just it was nice to it was nice to finally deal with that and to have that but man. the it's this is just such a great comic. I'm 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 it's so happy with it.
3: Are we going to get Batman micro dosing so he can hang with Alfred from here on <laughs> out?
1: <on? laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, the moment Pete, that if you I had love- a
3: beloved, if you had a beloved Butler Pete that you lost, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, would you uh, trip balls to hang with him?
1: Oh yeah, there's no there's or no her. question. Yeah,
0: uh, I love the bat. Moment that really got me Batman pulled yeah. batteries Bat- out of his uh, Utility belt oh, and yeah. Harley yeah. Kids yeah. You did fucking not Which is yeah. great yeah. Just uh, great. like you said they're having so much Fun with this book this is great I love that we're getting this turn from Batman Being like I'm alone I can't Be with my family to realize the point Being realizing I need My family I need everybody here uh, And that everybody's gonna clearly Turn against the Joker next issue Is so much fun
1: it's great it's yeah, yeah, it's great because it's also like uh, it kind of had that moment, like in the movie, The Professional, where it was like, get me everyone, everyone like Batman, just like calling in his family was, oh, it's so great. Cannot wait to see how this all wraps up. Uh, nice. Let's talk about We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Number one from Boob
0: Studios, written by Al Ewing and illustrated by Simone DeMeo. Uh This book is as you might expect from Al Ewing uh, not what you'd expect it is about a bunch of folks that fly around the universe, They gods only appear visibly when they are dead and they harvest the gods, like literally make them into packs of meat and then I'll spoil the end because it feels like this is the concept of the book uh, is by the end of the book they're like you know what, we only find them when they're dead, we're going to find an alive god that's what we're going to do. And that's the mission of this book. Um, this is great. The art is great. I don't know what to expect from this at this point, And I think that's a great place to be at a first issue.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's it's such a precise premise. And uh, the art is wild, very, like, modern sci-fi in a, in a yeah. good way.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with the art. Uh, especially when they're showing the gods. That was really so cool. Uh, and then the kind of like reveal of like, oh, you're doing what to the dead? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's where we're going to Okay. All right. But uh, very interesting take. Uh, solid first issue to get you excited for more. Would you eat god meat, Pete? Pete, god meat?
0: Uh, <laughs> eat? <laughs> Would you eat? Would you meet God? Would you
3: meet
1: God Pete? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I. It's kind of a crazy question that, that kind of blows my mind. I love meat. I love eating. Um, you would think so, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I could do that. Sucking on a God steak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Uh,
0: love it. Uh, all right, let's move on to another. As space you book.
1: said, Zalvin, you got to be quick.
0: I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, let's move to another space book. Sea of stars. Number six from image comics written by Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam art by Stephen green. It feels like forever since this book has come out probably has been forever, but we yeah, pick up with been. the dad yeah. chasing after his son in space. Uh, he is attacking the priest who was attacking his son. We get a important bit of fill in in terms of what's going on with both of them, what we missed since the last issue, Um uh, this is so good, so weird, uh, but the real star here, I think, is Stephen Green's art, which, yes, uh, yeah. as the title implies, mix space stuff and undersea stuff in a really interesting way. Yes, yeah,
3: it's, yeah. uh, it's really good. Uh, the f- tension of how close uh, the father and son are in this issue, and then they, they just, it just doesn't quite go the way they intended. Like, really good, uh, super weird space whales baby
1: yeah i i the space whales is so much fun uh the yeah the art's the real hero of this book but it's really also the way it's like lettered and and told it's it's very much like you're like oh god they're so close is this gonna happen uh it's it's so interesting it's such a unique book it's very it's definitely worth picking up um you know when when it's out Uh, Last but not least, let's talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Reborn,
0: Volume 1 From the Ashes, from IDW, scripted art by Sophie Campbell Both of you guys called this out on the live show So I'm very curious to hear what you think about this one Um, Art, of course, is gorgeous But Pete, as our resident turtle What'd you think? Did this hold up to the legacy? You're goddamn
3: right it did Would you say cowabunga dude or totally bogus, man?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I wouldn't say either of those things because I'm an Eastman and Laird fan and I was an OG TMNT fan before you guys were into the fucking cartoons. I was reading the black and white books but anyways, I really thought this was great. This is a long, big book, which is awesome, but it's really fun to kind of deal with these relationships and the fallout. And, um, I was surprised how much fun I was having, even though there wasn't that much action. It was really, you know, dealing with the, uh, you know, spoiler, death of Splinter, which is heartbreaking. Um, but man, uh, just so cool and, you know, classic Raft stuff. You know, I thought this was really, a uh, really touching and well done book.
3: Yeah, I really liked this too. The art was so so good and the way that they uh the story felt really fun. It reminded me of that scene in the original TMNT movie where they in after the battle and they cut back to the montage where they're at the farm. It yeah, it felt yeah. like a, a sort of a blown out version of that and I really liked it. Just I'm I really I really like the Jenica Turtle character. Uh, who like we've been reading the other series focused on her that just finished. And I love that she's a part of the main team and just really great character.
0: I just overall really am impressed with what IDW is doing with TMNT right now, that there is turtle stuff for anybody, (laughs) you know, depending on what type of fan you are, uh, you can read, a very classic TMNT book. You can read a cartoon style book. You can read more modern books like this or the Jenica book. Uh, it's great. Like, I think that is the way that you expand a line and often something uh, a publisher will more play towards like one particular part of the base and say, this is what we're drilling it on. This is what we're doing. And instead, IDW is kind of playing the field here but it's working because a lot of the stuff is good or if I don't like the TMNT stuff that's okay because I know it's there for somebody else which is very cool so there you yeah. go. That's it for the stack. If you'd like to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out, chat with us about comics socially at comic book live. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comic book club live for this podcast and more. Until next time, comic book club
2: out.